0: This is the Southern Hills Church of God, and this is our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today. We hope this inspires you and guides you and builds your faith. God bless, and enjoy this message. If you have your Bibles, I want to ask in just a moment to turn with me to Acts chapter 13. I want to take just a few moments this morning and just uh, share a few thoughts with you from the word of the Lord. And um, I'm going to turn this into a sermon. I've never spoken on this publicly before other than a small devotion I did with our ministers. Uh, Just a couple weeks ago, we had a virtual ministers meeting. And I shared uh, about 10, 15 minutes on this devotion. And so I'm going to use it this morning, add a few things to it. I feel like it would be appropriate for the hour in which we live. The name of this message is, uh, Toto, I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. isn't that the truth is not the world going crazy I mean since uh, late February early March we got hit with COVID-19 and there's been rioting in the streets uh, politics are at odds with each other in ways that I can't remember quite in my lifetime I live about 31 miles from the White House and the Capitol and so we are bombarded with it just like you are the nation's divided a pandemic is still raging we're hoping that we'll get through this thing soon and things can get back to normal but I've kind of got news for you I don't think we'll ever get back to normal matter of fact I think maybe I can say this and you'll understand what I mean by this, but as far as the church is concerned, I hope we don't quite get back to normal. I think that maybe this pandemic has served as a wake-up call for some of us to realize that we need to rethink what we're doing and the time that we're living in because we've talked about how it was in the last days. We've talked about how it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days... Of the coming of the Son of Man. We've talked about a latter-day revival that's coming, and I believe is coming, but along with that, a resurgence of evil that opposes the Church of Jesus Christ. You and I stand in harm's way of an antichrist agenda that's going to soon take over this world. And one day somebody's going to stand on a platform and tell the biggest lie ever told, and the world, when the church is gone, is going to believe the biggest lie ever shared if you think it's bad right now you wait till one minute after the rapture of the church when there is no longer an obstacle standing in between the agenda of an antichrist and the will of god so i want to share a few thoughts with you this morning on this toto i have a feeling we're not in kansas anymore if you'll stand with me, we'll read Acts 13, verse 47. It's one verse. And it simply says this, For this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. I have made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the earth. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that for the next few moments, you'll anoint my mind and my heart, let them work in sync with your word and the Holy Spirit, and let me share for a few moments out of my heart what I believe you'd have me to say to the Southern Hills congregation today. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. The theme for the Church of God for the next two years is entitled The Church on Mission. The church on mission. Uh, Brother Jarvis and myself are sharing that now with our constituents throughout our regions that we are administrative bishops of. We've been called to this theme by Dr. Tim Hill and the Executive Committee of the Church of God. I think it's a theme that is appropriate for the day in which we live. I believe if ever the church needed to be on mission, it's the day and hour in which you and I live. You can notice on the screen a few PowerPoints today, and one of the PowerPoints I want to share with you this morning is the mission statement of the church of God. It simply goes like this. The mission of the church of God is to communicate the full gospel of Jesus Christ in the spirit and power of Pentecost. Now look at that one more time. The mission of the church of God, that's who we are, is to communicate the full gospel of Jesus Christ in the spirit and power of of Pentecost. Now, you may ask, well, what is the full gospel? Well, the full gospel is the conviction and practice that whatever God did through the church in the New Testament, he is still doing today. Now, let that sink in for just a moment, because whatever happened in the book of Acts and whatever happened in Matthew through Revelation, except for the prophetic events of the last days, Whatever happened then, God fully expects to still be relevant and active in the church of Jesus Christ right now. Yeah. Now, that makes me ask the question how am I seeing this and how is that going? How are we doing? When I begin to look at this and I look at the characteristics of a full gospel church, I see the first thing that it is it's a sign, it's a church where it has signs following believers. There's a passage in Mark chapter 16 verse 17 that says, These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So when I begin to read that passage in Mark chapter 16, one of the first things I see is that wherever the body of Christ goes and wherever Christians like you and I are at, there ought to be signs accompanying us us wherever we go. Not only inside the church, but certainly outside the church. As you begin to look at the ministry of Jesus Christ, most of the ministries and miracles and healings that he did, with the exception of a demoniac in the synagogue, was pretty much outside the four walls of the church. And child of God, hear me, if you're a full gospel church, then you're the kind of church that has signs that follow what we believe. You also believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. There was an amen back there somewhere. I couldn't see who it was. It's too dark. God bless you. But thank you for that amen. Because the truth of the matter is we still believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We still believe that that, that, that second gift of grace, apart from salvation, is the infilling of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And the initial evidence of that, we still believe, is speaking in other tongues. Amen. Now, child of God, hear me. It also means that we operate in spiritual gifts. Listen, this is the way I pastored. I pastored in a way to where the Holy Spirit was always allowed uh, full reign over anything that I had planned on the service order for that day. You know, I hear some churches, as a matter of fact, we had God not speak to all of us leaders just a couple years ago, was asked the question, what do you do when there's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit in your service? Here's what He said, We don't have time for that. Now, I want you to do me a favor because if he ever starts leading that way here, would you call me and his mother so that we can come down here and apply the belt of righteousness, amen? (laughs) Can I get a witness here at Southern Hills Church of God? Child of God, hear me when I tell you today that the gifts of the Spirit are still to be operating in a full gospel church. God help us today if we ever try to program out what the work of the Holy Spirit is trying to do in our midst. We believe in the authority of Scripture. That's what a full gospel church is. In other words, when I stand before God one day, on Judgment Day, I'm not going to be held accountable for the Constitution of the United States of America. I, I God for the constitution don't misunderstand me but when I stand before God it's not the constitution he's going to bring out it's not the bill of rights he's, not, he's going to bring out it's not the declaration of independence he's going to bring out it's not the Magna Carta that he's going to bring out he's going to bring out the word of almighty God and I'm going to be held accountable to how I led ministered and pastored yeah. Yeah. by the word we believe finally a full gospel church in the priority of the great commission. That is our mission, to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he that believes and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall what? They'll be damned. You only have two alternatives when you die, folks. You either go to heaven or you go to... The Bible's a book of complete duality. You're either lost or you're found. You're either in light or you're in darkness. You're either wheat or you're tares. You're either goat or you're sheep. And when you die, you're either going to heaven or you're going to hell. You see, we are here by divine appointment. I don't know why God chose to let me live in 2020 other than the fact for some reason there's something in me that he needs on this earth at this time. And the same principle applies to you and I. When I was created in the mind of God before the foundation of the world, according to Ephesians chapter 1, and and so before there was an Adam and Eve, there was Stan Holder and Teresa Holder and Chris and the Jarvises and all of us here today in the mind of God. Before we were ever conceived in our mother's womb, we were established before the foundation of the world. But God chose this season for you and me to be together at this time. God chose in this season for He to be your pastor. God chose in this season for you to be sitting here, for him to be the administrative bishop of this region. God chose all of that. We are here by divine appointment. For everything, there is a season, right? We are in a season where God wants it. Listen, I would have probably fit a little better a few years ago. I mean, if I were to take my uh, uh, iTunes account and open up some of the songs I have on my phone, you would find a little secular now, not bad secular. You'd find like, uh, you know, uh, James Taylor, maybe uh, maybe a little Bee Gees, I don't know. But when you get over into the Christian music, you'd find the Happy Goodman's. Vestal, you know, with a little hanky, you know, and she'd be singing God Walks the Dark Hills and all those great old songs. There's something, I'm kind of an old soul at heart, you know. And then there's a lot of me that thinks that maybe I'd have done better in my parents' generation. But God chose for me to be in this generation. Why is that? Well, you go to the next slide, and you understand there's a word here called a moment. It's a defi- here's the definition of moment. It's a brief period of time. Now, get this. Because for whatever reason, as bad as this pandemic is, it is a brief period of time. Now, things will be a little different when we get through it, but right now, it's a brief period of time. And look at this statement here. We are living and leading in a moment that people will remember forever. In other words, for some reason, because of this thing and the way it's happened, most people are going to remember my leadership based on the way I have led since late February, early March of 2020. They're going to remember, by and large, how he's led this church, how you've led in your home and in your workplace, because this is a moment of time that people are not going to forget. You see, so we are here for a moment to do something that God has called us to do. Now look at the next slide. He has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth. Now look at the next line. And has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings so that they should seek the Lord. In other words, we are here right now pre-appointed by God the boundaries that we're in, Southern Hills Church of God, Heartland Region, Delmarva, D.C., wherever your boundary is, God has chosen that. And he's put us here for a purpose. So I believe what that purpose is. I believe Tim Hill's got it right. Dr. Hill. We are a church-owned mission. And we have a responsibility to carry out the gospel of Jesus Christ. I love what Leonard Sweet, I paraphrased his statement a little bit, and I hope he doesn't mind. But he met with the, with the state overseers not long ago. Here's what he said. Jesus wants to incarnate the gospel into every culture, including this one. The challenge of the church lies in understanding the language the sounds, the music, the liturgies of this culture. Imposing the Gutenberg Gutenberg world, which is the print culture, into the Google world, which is the digital culture, in a way that is acceptable, believable, and receivable, is indeed the greatest challenge before us. Okay. Okay. Can I just be real honest with you? I've got a degree from Lee University. It was Lee College then. Some people make fun of me and say it was Lee Bible School, but it wasn't that old. It was Lee College when I went to. I love Lee. Every theology class, every Christian education class, every book of the Bible class, every uh, 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 English and history and science and everything that I took... Nothing that I took at Lee or when I went to seminary, just right down the street from there, nothing has prepared me personally to reach the digital culture. When I need help, I've got two millennials that work in my office. And I call them in my office and I say, okay, you got to fix my phone you got to tell me what I have done wrong. Hey, like one guy said, we, we are here to deliver the gospel in a gifty world. Google, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. When I was a kid, YouTube was a pipe you bent to get the hot water to the cold water. Twitter was... I don't know what that was. Uh, TikTok was something a sound a a, a a a clock made. Uh, Facebook was a family photo album. I mean, think about it in a moment. Uh, these terms, I mean, you go through these lists. And Apple was something you ate, and still, by the way, you do. But but I think you know, all these all these uh, logos up there. I, I don't know what, but maybe. of them maybe stand for. I don't get it, but let me tell you something. My little three-year-old granddaughter can take my phone. Now, she don't know the code. I have to unlock the code. She can go to anything she wants to find on my phone. She found something on my phone night before last. I didn't even know was on it. (laughs) That's the truth. All these videos of baby shark, and Lord have mercy. I've heard baby shark. Well, let's move on. And all these, all these videos, I get amazed at, at Aiden and, and Israel and how quickly they can go to a, an iPad or a phone, a smart device, and they can find these apps and they can do things on these devices that I can't do. Do you see, the truth of the matter is is that we lead now in a culture That where the church is now a 24-7 church. A 24-7. It used to be church was Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, except when I was a kid, and it seems like my pastor had a revival 48 of the 52 weeks that we had church. (laughs) And we were certainly in church every night of the week then. Don't get me wrong. But listen, what I'm trying to tell you is that the church today, the front door of the church is not no longer that front door. The front door of the church is now your website. I mean, Listen. I don't. I don't get all this. Uh, one guy said, "Social media can't make the lame walk, but apparently it can cause the dumb to speak." Amen. <laughs> hey, 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 let me just. Let me just say this. Can I say this in love? Can I say this in love? Okay, I got to come on so I can say it everything you think doesn't have to be posted on social media as a matter of fact i strongly advise you before you hit send have a word of prayer and ask god is does this edify does it evangelize does it equip Does it help some soul along the way, or am I just venting my frustration out on social media? Can I say that? That's not my notes. That's free. The truth of the matter is this, child of God, is that be careful. We live in this world, but our workspace has gone from office structures to studios and smart devices. This is the reason young people need to be recruited and equipped to be on our team. They can equip us in methods we were not trained to understand. We must make a sincere effort to speak their language. It's vital that we make a commitment to explore a remote culture of learning. Now, here's what I mean by that. Once a church is off mission, it's no longer a church. What do you mean, preacher? I'm saying that the re, I don't know who planted this church. I don't know how many years ago. I, I couldn't tell you. Some one of you old timers could probably tell me that after church. Somebody planted this church many, 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 many years ago. And I've got a pretty good idea that when they planted the Southern Hills Church of God, winning souls was the reason they planted it. Yeah. That's right. Winning souls was the reason that somebody fell on their face and cried out to God and started preaching and started praying and started fasting so that there could be a church right here in this city that would reach lost souls for the Lord Jesus Christ. That is still our mission. that That is still what God has called us to do. It's been my personal observation. I'll speak to myself now. That once a church wanders off mission... It's very difficult, trying and frustrating, for leadership to move it back into mission status. Now, I preach some experience here. If I go back to the, I'm th- in mean, the third region now that I've been an administ- administrative bishop. There's a number of churches I've had to sell. You know why you sell a church? You sell a church because it dies. How does the church die? I'll tell you how. It dies when it gets off mission. That's right. Our brains are wired to resist change. We deny information that conflicts with beliefs we've already become accustomed to. Our outside world then becomes the orientation of our inside world. Inside world. As we age, our brains naturally lose some of its ability to adapt to new stimuli. So to compensate, we work even harder to make the outside world fit into our inside world. And we do this without even realizing that we're doing it. So if you're struggling with this thing, hey, it's okay, it's natural. We all do that. But you know what I noticed? And I I went to the office and then I walked back over about 20 minutes till 11 and I prayed in the sanctuary for a little while. I noticed that nobody came to church this morning in a horse and buggy. I might need to peek back out there. Maybe that changed in the 20 minutes before. But what am I? We do eventually adapt to change, don't we? I mean, I've got in my pocket right now. Glasses, because I don't have my contacts on. And these—the only reason I have them off is because I had my mask on and they fog up, and I can't see. So I might as well just take them off and not see for the rest of the morning. (laughs) But, but the truth of the matter is, if I want my—I used to never need glasses and contacts. But my eyes got weaker, and if I wanted to have vision, I had to change. So I went to the doctor. The doctor said, "You're going to have to have glasses." So they put me in glasses because I wanted to be able to have vision. And in order to be able to have vision, I had to have a change in mindset that now I need to have glasses. Now, the same principle applies for the church, does it not? Because there are times when the great physician comes into our life and he speaks to us and says, Now, if you want to keep on having vision... If you want to keep on seeing the world and the way it is, because I planted you here, I put you here, you're the reason that you're here at this time. There's a reason why you're here at this time right now. I've got you here for a reason, because I want you to learn something. I want you to be able to see what I see. I want you to have vision so that you can see the world that I've called you at this point in time to reach, because your predetermined time is now, and your boundaries I have already set. Here's the truth. When a church's priority becomes survival over mission, its days are numbered. I've heard preachers say, if I can just survive COVID-19. I'm not trying to survive COVID-19. I want to get through it. I want to get it behind me. If a vaccine comes out, I'll let Brother Jarvis take it. If he does well, I'm going to get it. Jan, call me and let me know if he's still with us. (laughs) I'm going to get it. But I'm not trying to survive COVID-19. I'm trying to fulfill the mission that God has called me to fulfill in a world that I don't quite understand and in a world that I don't quite speak its language. I'm not trying. Our job is not. To get back to the way things used to be. Our job is to get things back to the way God wants them to be. That's it. Yeah. Yes. That's it. So we have to lead in a way that places our people back into a missional posture, walking the yellow brick road together. Are we ready to accept when we do that, the scarecrows and the ten men... And the cowardly lions. Because there are some creatures out there. There's people that don't look like I look. They don't dress like I dress. They don't act like I. And they're being orientated their mind in a way. That mind was not orientated. The Bible says in First, uh, first Timothy 4 and 1. Uh, the spirit speaketh expressly. That in latter times some shall depart from the faith. Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of the devil. That word seducing spirits is really in the Greek text where you get the word delusional. Now listen to me, church of God. Do you think the world we live in right now is delusional? You better believe it is. And let me tell you why. Because we're in the last days. In the last days, perilous times shall come. Giving heed to, that means I'm listening to. And not just hearing, but that means giving so close attention. Giving heed to a delusional spirit and doctrines of devils. Let me tell you how a delusional spirit works. In World War II, when the United States, the Allied forces of got, got involved in World War II, and they went into the, the Nazi uh, concentration camps, and they found out what all those doctors did to all those Jews. They performed experimental surgeries on them. One of the things that they did, and they did it without anesthetic, by the way. One of the things they did was called a, a, a gender transition. They wanted to know what it would be like if you tried to make a, a man a woman And a woman, a man. And when the world found out about it, the world was up in arms. And said, we will not tolerate that. Today, you can make an appointment. You can go to a doctor. And you can have gender transformation surgery. And you won't hear a peep from the world about it. How does that happen? It's a delusional spirit. It's giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Speaking lies and hypocrisy. Having their conscience seared with a hot iron. And you and I were planted in this generation to deal with it. To be a church on mission. Are we spiritually fit to fight off the wizards and witches? Because, child of God, hear me, we are in spiritual warfare. We're in the fight of our lives. When an individual or a nation lives in darkness, the only light they have is access to is truth. How many of you believe the, truth, the, the Bible says the truth sets you free? I tricked you. The Bible don't say that. Bible says you shall know the truth. And the truth sets you free. You can't be free until you know the truth. You can, you can realize maybe there's a truth somewhere in the world, but until you know the truth, the truth cannot set you free. We are here as a church on mission to teach the world how to know what genuine truth is. The church, I love Jim Simula, uh, uh, uh spoke to our uh, uh, pastors a couple of weeks ago on Zoom. He said the church must evangelize the world, not allow the world to evangelize the church. Wow. There you go. Boy, that set me on fire. I like what Leonard Sweet said to our overseers. Relevancy is not recency. So we can be relevant without changing our doctrine. We can be relevant without altering our practical commitments. We can be relevant without watering down the Word of God. We can still be relevant. I don't have time to finish. My time is about up. But years ago, Dr. Charles Kahn, who used to be the journalist here of the Church of God, he's deceased now. He wrote a book called The Anatomy of Evil. Great book. I remember before the book was launched, I remember him preaching a sermon at the North Cleveland Church of God. And literally heaven came down in that place. People were under conviction. God moved in a powerful way. It was one of the most powerful services I've ever been in. In that book, The Anatomy of Evil, Dr. Kahn gives Satan's three-prone strategy to get the church off mission. He said Satan does three things. He uses division. We know what that is, don't we? A house divided against itself cannot what? Stand. He uses diversion. Diversion is a military strategy word. If I want to attack you in the back of the family knife center, the best thing I can do is start a diversion on the front lawn and get your attention over here in the front lawn so that I can sneak around to the back and do what I really want to do. That's what Satan does. He gets us off track. He diverts our attention from what it really needs to be upon. And then duplication. What Satan cannot deny, he imitates. What he cannot deny, he imitates. That's why you have false Christ in the world. That's why, did you know that the devil can perform a miracle? That's why you have a lot of these crazy heretical doctrines that are drawing people to them left and right. Because Satan uses duplication, because he feels like he can throw enough mud on the fence, some of it's going to stick eventually, and people are going to be led astray from the Word of God. We must be a church that's on mission. Now, the slide's always downward. I'm gonna close with this. Teresa, this is coming place off. The slide is always downward. Let me tell you what I mean by that. David started out, he was a man after God's own heart. Now he made mistakes, but David, when he got right, he was a man of commitment, was he not? He had a son named Solomon. For David, it was a matter of priorities. For Solomon, it was a matter of pleasure. Seven hundred wives? Solomon had a son named uh, Rehoboam. If granddaddy, it was all about priorities. If daddy, it was all about pleasure. By the time you read about Rehoboam, it was all perplexity. He lived a perplexed life. Abraham, everywhere he went, he built an altar, and then he dug a well. Isaac, everywhere he went, he dug a well and built an altar. By the time Jacob come around, he didn't either. The point I'm trying to make is it's very easy to slide from commitment to compromise and compromise to conflict. Because you go to commitment to compromise, to compromise to conflict, and conflict leads to chaos. And that is what the world is going to look like in the last of the last days Because the slide Is downward So I'll leave you with this question And I'll let Chris Or I'll let Jew come and dismiss us in a moment I'll leave you with this question If you and or your church Left your community today Would your community miss you? they even know that you were gone? That question convicts my heart. I look something up. This is our altar right here. This is called the Franciscan Benediction. It's not on the screen. You'll have to listen. So this is my prayer for you. Stand up. This is my prayer for you and me. I didn't write it. It's a benediction written by the Franciscans. But it's very appropriate for what I believe the Holy Spirit wants to say to us. Listen closely to these words. May God bless you with discomfort at easy answers. Half-truths and superficial relationships that you may live deep within may allow to live deep within your heart may god bless you with anger at injustice oppression and exploitation of people so that you may work for justice freedom and peace may god bless you with tears to shed for those who suffer pain rejection hunger and war so that you may reach out your hand to comfort them and to turn their pain into joy and may God bless you with enough foolishness to believe that you can make a difference in the world so that you can do what others claim cannot be done to bring justice And kindness to all our children and the poor. Wow. Amen.